Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Now let me just say these. Probably doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway because we're just going to continue to expose you to the good Word of God. The greatest way for the principles of God to be unlocked in your heart and life is through repetition. Hearing things over and over and over again will train you. It'll train your human spirit. It'll cause maturity to come. It will renew your mind so your mind cannot oppose you. And it will help you to receive from God. Now let me just say this. God wants you to receive from Him. He don't want to hold nothing back. He paid too big of a price for your prosperity, for your healing, for your breakthrough, for whatever you need from God, God paid an awesome price so that you can receive from Him. Now, number one, and I'm telling you this needs to be at the top of the list. Number one, you must value the Word of God. Now, let me say that again. I'm not just talking about it's part of your valuables. I'm talking about you value the Word of God above everything or anything else. Let me say that again. You value the Word of God above everything or anything else. We're on the subject of faith. We've been teaching on the character of faith. Now listen, it says in Hebrews chapter 6 that, 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 that without faith it is impossible, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him. For those that come to Him must believe that He is. Now here's something that we tend to miss that I've, I've not for many years never even thought about Never even kept it in my, my mind. But in recent years has become more of a reality to me. Without God, we don't exist. Now we say that, but it really doesn't carry the weight that it needs to carry. You say, what do you mean by that? Without God, we don't exist. We are His creation. And we live upon His creation. And we enjoy the benefits of His creation. That's why we exist. The Apostle Paul said it like this, In Him we live and move and have our being. We must understand that there is something so valuable to the revelation of a God in our lives, being a good, benevolent, caring God, that I'm telling you, we got to place Him above everything else. He must be or He must sit on the throne of your heart. And people just take it for granted. Every day they go, they, 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 they go through the routine of life. They live, they die, and they just, well, you know, I'm just here, case sirrah, sirrah. But I'm telling you, God loves you, God cares about you, and God wants to enhance and bless your life. And He is the only reason that you're here, and grace is the only reason that anybody's alive. I mean, I was meditating and stu- doing some study and some meditation. Some, some, uh, a couple in the church gave me a, a, a Bible commentary that I've been kind of reading and going through. It's got some fascinating things in it. But the, bar- the, the, the barbaric nations of this planet before redemption, it is unimaginable how people lived back in the days of the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Macedonians, the Romans, the Greeks, all of the ancient kingdoms. I'm telling you, church, first of all, if you were a woman, you were in trouble. I mean, they, 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 they bought, sold, and traded women like they did horses, dogs, camels, and anything else. Secondly, unless you were born into some type of, of aristocracy or some type of ruling family, then I, you were in trouble. Thirdly, unless you were part of a military, you were in trouble. Because these, these nations 
would go all around, all through other nations and leave them decimated. Decimated. When we were in, uh, when we were in Israel way back in the 80s, we went to a town called Megiddo. You hear about it in the Bible all the time. It's, it's in what they call the Valley of Tears. It's going to be a place where a lot of the prophetic things are going to happen in the last days, the end of time. And Megiddo, if you, as you come up to Megiddo, it looks like Megiddo is built on a big hill. You see a town, you know, I would say probably, I don't know, smaller than Galveston, maybe the size of Lamarck, kind of spread out over maybe two or three square miles, and it's on top of a big hill. And you think, oh, well, you know, that's cool. They built a town on the hill. They didn't build a town on the hill. They built the town on the flat ground. And it got destroyed. And so they built on the rubble and got destroyed again. And they built on the rubble, got destroyed again, built on the rubble. I think if you study Bible theologians and those that study those things, that Megiddo has actually been destroyed 23 times and built upon the rubble until you got a huge hill built on the blood of all the other cities that used to be there. Now that's the way those nations were. But thank God when Jesus came, he brought something onto the earth called the acceptable year of the Lord. A dispensation in which the mercy and the grace of God covers the earth. We could have never have had the population explosion like we have had in the past hundred years unless grace would have been upon this earth. Disease would have killed them. Uh, war would have killed them. Famine would have killed them. And still disease, war, and famine still kills an enormous amount of people. Amen? But we live in a, in a dispensation of grace and mercy. And because of that, we're alive. And because of that, we exist. And because of that, we have access to the good Word of God that can greatly enhance our life, and we can go about doing what God desires us to do, and that is living, proclaiming, and demonstrating this message so other people can receive and go to heaven and serve God and not go to hell. Amen? Now, in receiving from God, we're in Mark chapter 11. Many times, and I've said this over the years, I think it, if you can hear these things, it'll help you. We tend to overcomplicate the method. Now let me say that again. We tend to overcomplicate the method. It's not that complicated. Let me just say it like this. It's not complicated at all. And what's amazing, when I hear the recoil of much of Christianity and religion against the message that we preach. You say, what do you mean the message that we preach? Well, the message that we preach, let me just say it like this. This may help you. It has been a proven message since Jesus rose from the dead. That means there has been people that have proved you can get born again. They have proved you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. They have proved you can get healed. They have proved you can prosper. They have proved you can be delivered from any bondage. They have proved that God will give you peace, righteousness, joy. They have proved that here on earth, men and women can fellowship and get to know God in such an intimate way that they can even choose the time of their departure off of this planet. Now, that's an amazing phenomenon. And when you realize that and realize, okay, well, maybe some, you know, advanced theologian who has studied the Bible and locked his way in some closet, locked himself up in some closet. No, no, I'm talking about average Joes like you and me who love God, who pray, who study the Word of God, who have a desire to, to, to do what God says corporately and, and in our own personal lives. I'm telling you, we can live that way here on this earth, and it's not that hard. You say, it's hard to serve God. Let me just say this. Anytime you begin to say something, you start believing it. 
That's why you shouldn't say things about people. If you say, if you say something about a person, say, well, you know, they're just an idiot. Well, in your mind, that's what you're going to believe, and that person could be Einstein. Amen? Don't ever say of faith. Don't ever say of the Word of God. Don't ever say of the simplicity of the things of God and the things of the Spirit. That's hard. That's difficult. Don't ever say of yourself, I just can't seem to get it. Say, I'm going to get it. Why, why stay on the negative side when you can get on the positive side? I mean, if you're struggling with faith, just start saying to yourself, I'm going to get it. I'm going to understand faith. I'm going to understand this healing. I'm going to understand this prosperity. I'm going to receive it in Jesus' name. Begin to encourage yourself in the things of God. Don't discourage yourself. Because it's amazing how powerful your own words are in helping you to believe. Now, Mark 11, I want to I skip over verse 23 and go straight to verse 24. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now we're going to look at three simple steps in receiving from God. Whether it's healing, prosperity, favor that you need, whatever it is, three, three, three is easy. Three simple steps. Number one, desire. Everybody say desire. Now notice what it says there. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray. Now, your desire. Now listen, it's just natural. It's just natural. If you're sick, it's natural to desire to be healed. If you don't have enough money to pay your bills or enough money for the things that you like in life, it's just natural to want to prosper. If you're bound by some habit or some mindset, if you're bound by hate or prejudice, it's just natural to be, want to fr be free from that. And those desires are not wrong. Those desires are right. The Bible says, where we're, Psalms uh, 35 or 36, right in there somewhere, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, here's the problem when it comes to desires. Many times what people do, instead of delighting themselves in the Lord, they delight in their desires. Now, let me say that again. Instead of delighting in the Lord, they delight in their desires. All they can think about is being healed. All they can think about is their marriage being fixed. All they can think about is the breakthrough financially. That's all they can think about. The Bible doesn't say delight yourself in your desires. It says delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Because sometimes we're consumed with the end. Oh, I just got to have it. I just got to have it now. Oh, I'm suffering so bad. Well, I, God knows that and we know that. But here's the thing. You've got to uh, literally, you've got to delight yourself in the Lord on a continual basis more than you think about your desires being met. Because that is the key to your desires being met. Now, shame to say, I'm going to believe God that we're going to preach this out of Island Church and we're going to preach this into Island Church like no other church has ever had it. Once those natural desires get met, once your body is healed, once your finances are flowing, once you're delivered from whatever bondages may be in your life, that you will continually delight yourself in the Lord and God will begin to deposit some of His desires in you. Now that's where the good things start coming. Amen. I was given a book recently and I was thumbing through it the other day. And basically the message of this book is why Christianity does not work. And it talks about the thousands that get saved, but only the few that come to church. It talks about how many people have quit coming to church in the last few years and, and how many people church hop all around, they never really get planted anywhere, and how confused and how disoriented the, uh, the church looks like in this day and hour. Well, in reality, you've got to realize that there is an opposition 
to anything that is really of God. Because we live in a fallen planet. There's an adversary called the devil. And when you get opposition toward receiving that which you get from God, don't ever view it as something that God is doing to you. View it as something that you're doing to the adversary so that you can receive the desire of your heart. So many people miss it when it comes to that. As soon as they tithe the first time, then something happens to their finances. As soon as they start coming to prayer, or as soon as they start doing something physically to, 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 to receive their healing, there's some, there's some setback or something happens, and immediately they think, well, this isn't right, this isn't right. Well, listen, persecution and affliction will always arise for the Word's sake, and it's always an indication that the Word is working, that it's, that it, that it, that it's going forth in your life, and God's doing something about your situation. Some of the greatest attacks of my life have come in the moments in which I'm fixing to receive from God. And if you don't realize that, and that's where people think, well, that's a hard life. Do you think those attacks are not going to come just because you don't serve God? So well, I'm just not going to serve God. I, you know, I really don't want to pray in tongues. I really don't want to uh, heal, and I'm just going to go through life. And I, I think if I do that, I'll never have any problems. Come on. The Bible says that, 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 that the whole world is consumed by the same issues that we are. Except the difference is we've got an answer. His name is Jesus. Amen. So you've got a desire. Everybody say, I have, an, I have a desire. Now notice this. This is so simple. The desire of your heart must line up with the Word of God. You say, Pastor, come agree with me. I tell you, I've got a desire. My neighbor has the prettiest wife I think I've ever seen. And I, and I just have such a desire. We can't pray for you that, for that. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I, I really have a desire to go down and rob the bank. So I want you to pray that I'll be protected. I, I, could you pray Psalms 91 over me? And not only that, I, you know, I'm not going to get caught. If I don't get caught, I'm going to tithe to the church. Come on, I can't pray. With it. I can't, you can't get in agreement with that. Now, I've not done this for dignity's sake. I dare not do it for dignity's sake because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But perchance if I were to do it, what would it look like? If every person that came up in the healing line or in the prayer line on Sunday morning would sometimes stretch all the way across this auditorium. Amen? And I got our prayer partners and, and they all come up and I instructed all of our prayer partners. I said, now every time when you walk up to somebody and say, okay, what do you need from the Lord today? What can we pray for you about? And they say, well, I need healing. I need financial breakthrough. And you say, okay, what scriptures are you standing on? And I say, for dignity's sake, we don't do that. But in reality, if they're not standing on a scripture, if they have not pulled something out of the Word of God that relates to the desire that they have, we don't have a leg to stand on. Now, now that doesn't mean the anointing won't work, the Holy Spirit won't work. We, we had a lady here on, on Easter Sunday who knew nothing about the things of God who was greatly injured and wounded, who instantaneously, instantaneously received healing. Instantaneously. You say, well, that's the mercy of God. But if you know that you're supposed to have knowledge of the Word of God in order to receive, to stand up and say, well, you know, I'm just believing God's going God's to do it. You don't have anything to stand on. And man, when it comes to healing, when it comes to finances, when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to favor, when it comes to all these issues, there is Scripture after Scripture, after Scripture, after Scripture. And we've said this for years and it bears repeating. God does not bless lazy. Well, I was just going to see what I could get from God. God does not bless presumption either. 
But what connects to your Say, well, Pastor, I'm telling you, I need healing. Well, you can start in Isaiah 53. There are so many scriptures. I'm telling you, you can go from scripture to scripture to scripture. Every day you ought to be speaking those. Every day you ought to be speaking to your body. If you've got to take medication, when you take that pill, you ought to quote those scriptures. I heard a testimony today of a man who had sugar diabetes from the time he was 39 till the time he was 69. 30 years. And so he sat under some of Brother Hagin's teaching. So he made the decision every time he would stick that needle in his arm, which was four times a day, he would quote healing scriptures and he would say this, I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. Well, he was driving home. from. A, they had a little mission downtown, the church that he pastored. He was driving home, and a bee got in his car and got behind his glasses. And he drove up on a curve, and, and, he, and he hit a tree. And so they came and got him in the ambulance. They checked him out, and he was okay. He's kind of bruised. He said, the doctor checked him out and said, are you still taking insulin? He said, yeah, four times a day. He said, quit taking it. He said, you don't need it anymore. He said he quit taking it. That was when he was 69, and he gave the testimony when he was 72. That from 69, 70, 71, 72, still hadn't had it. And I think as far as we know, that pastor's gone on to be with the Lord, lived into his 80s, never had an insulin shot again. You say, why? Because it works. You just have to work it. So what is your desire? What scriptures line up with you? You say, well, it's, it's finances. Well, how many financial scriptures are there in the Word of God? Given it shall be given it. My God shall supply all of your needs. He giveth you ability to, to obtain wealth so that His covenant may be established. You could go on and on and on. You have to make application of those scriptures in your life. Now, notice what it says. It says, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire. Now, here's the key. When you pray, believe you receive. So point one is going to be, get the word for your situation. Get the word for your desire. Number two, when you pray, believe you receive. Now, there was a man who hung around Jesus, one of his disciples, named Thomas. And he did not believe that Jesus had raised from the dead. And he said, I will not believe until I stick my fingers in his side, see the nail prints in his hands and feet. And the Bible says that when he finally had an, uh, an encounter with Jesus and did that, Jesus did not congratulate him. Jesus actually corrected him. Now what Thomas was exhibiting was human head faith. A lot of people pat Thomas on the back. I don't. Now I heard this. I thought it was really good. Abraham was a guy who believed God for a child and lived past the point of him and his wife both having a child. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 that he was strong in faith. That he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Now the, pro the, the problem is, a lot of people are trying to get Abraham's blessings with Thomas's faith. Let me say that again. They're trying, well, Pastor, I'll believe it when the doctor tells me. Well, I'll believe it when the check comes in the mail. Well, I'll, be I'll believe it. No, no, you have to believe it first. When do you receive? See, we're believing God for a $5 million windfall here at Island Church. You say, well, when are we going to get it? We've already got it. You say, you've already got it? Then why aren't we building the building? Because by faith, we have already believed we received. We had the desire 
We prayed the prayer of petition. We believed and received. Now I'll show you what we're doing next after that in just a moment because that's the third thing. But when you pray, you must believe you receive. Now, there are things you may have to pray about more than once. And it is not wrong to ask more than once. But there are things that you established in the Word of God, and once you pray it, you believe you receive it. It's mine. I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it. I went through a, through a, a, a four or five month time of being really sick one time. And during that time, I immediately began to believe I received. Immediately. I asked, the doc, I asked the Lord, do I go to the doctor? Do I go to some pastor? Do I go to some preacher? Do I, do I have somebody? Like, and the Lord just kept saying to me, you stand in faith. You stand in faith. You stand in faith. Week after week, month after month, I stood in faith. I believed I received. I stood in faith. I believed I received. I confessed the Word of God. I fought doubt. I fought fear. I fought symptoms. I believed I received. And guess what? I received. Amen? So, when you pray, everybody say, when I pray. Say it again. When I pray, believe you receive. So receive what? Your healing, your prosperity, breakthroughs in your ministry. Whatever you need, you believe you receive. Now notice this. Now this is a, a key component here. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive. Everybody say, that's my part. Say, that's my part. But then notice this. And you shall have them. Now that's his part. Amen? Now this is where the trust issue comes in. We've been studying that on Sunday mornings when it comes to finance, but I'm going to pull it back into the, into the realm of everything on Sunday to show, to show everybody you have to get this over and over and see this over and expose yourself to it over and over and over till it dawns upon you. Till you recognize and realize, I can trust Him to do His part. And redemption tells us, redemption shows us, He has already done it. Come on, church. Redemption shows us He's already provided for your healing. He's already provided for your prosperity. He's already provided for your deliverance. He's already provided for you. Amen? Now notice this again. Number one, everybody say, number one, I have the Word. I have the promise of God. Now remember this also. Where the will of God is known, where the Word of God is known, the will of God is established. Now let me say that again. Where the Word of God is known, the will of God is established. You cannot expect anything from God outside of His Word. But man, His Word covers everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. Now notice this again. I say unto you, whatsoever things, when you pray, believe you receive, and you shall have it. There's your part. There is God's part. So number three, are you ready for this? In the part between the time in which you believe you receive, and you shall have it, you, 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 have to fight the fight of faith. That means every thought, every circumstance, everything that comes into your mind that tries to create doubt or fear, you must resist it. 
Now, let me say that again. I'm going to emphasize that again. Anything that would try to come into your mind to produce doubt or fear, you, you, you must resist it. Now, the good news of that is God's given you authority. Amen? You have authority in the name of Jesus. You have authority because you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the authority of the Word of God. God has dressed you up in authority. And unless you actively oppose thoughts, unless you actively oppose fear, and unless you actively oppose doubt, fear, doubt, and thoughts will destroy your faith. You know, in reading some other things I've been reading lately, the interview of three or four of the greatest soul-winning ministries of the late 20th century, you know, into uh, 1875 through about uh, 1940 or 50, where there were several really powerful evangelistic ministries. And in questioning them and asking them, once a person is born again, what is the most important thing that the newly born-again Christian should do? So without exception, all, I think there was five of them. All five of them said this. They must renew their minds according to Romans chapter 12. Where it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you might prove, live out, or demonstrate what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Did you know it's the will of God for men and women to be saved? Did you know it's the will of God for men and women to be healed? Did you know it's the will of God for you to prosper? Did you know it's the will of God for you to be free from any bondage, addiction, affliction, depression, anything like that? Did you know it's the will of God for you to have joy and peace? Did you know it's the will of God for to have a, a good life, a happy life? Did you know it's the will of God for you to have a calling and a destiny in your life? You know, a lot of people don't, don't, don't know, well, I don't know if it's the will of God or not. It is the will of God. Amen? And once you realize that, you have to realize that there is a path that God has for you. David said it like this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That path may take you through some valleys, but you don't have to fear what you go through. He said, He leads me in what? Paths of righteousness. Man, I walked a path of unrighteousness. I know what that'll do to you. I'm telling you, the path of unrighteousness will, will leave you broken, will leave you sick, will leave you depressed. I say, well, I tell you what, I know people walking paths of unrighteousness. They got lots of money. I don't care what they've got. And they can live the most joyous life that it looks like on the earth. But when they die, Amen. But God's got a path for you. God's got a way for you. So, whatsoever things you desire, establish your desire in the Word of God. When you pray, believe you receive them. And the Bible says, you shall have it. Everybody say, I shall have it. In between the time you renew your mind, you fight your fight of faith, you starve your doubt. You say, how do I do that? By feeding your faith, you learn to praise. Thank you, Father. We talked about that man who was taking his insulin, that every time he stuck that needle in his arm, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I believe I receive healing from that diabetes. He, uh, he, he made a 
confession like, I thank you, I believe I receive, I believe my pancreas comes alive, and I believe my blood sugar is normal. Said that every time. Said that every time. Said that, say, how many times do I have to say it? Tell you, don't have to say it no more. Heavenly Father, I thank you as I place this tithe check. I thank you as I, as I place this offering check. As I sow into these missionaries. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I believe I receive. I believe I receive the $10,000 that I need. I believe I receive the $100,000 that I need. I believe I receive the $5 million breakthrough that I need. I believe I receive it, and I shall have it in Jesus' name. Oh, I just thank you, Father. I just rejoice. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. Why your word says the entrance of it brings light and life to me. So I just rejoice. It's mine. It's mine, it's mine in Jesus' name. Now, the biggest criticism of what people call the faith message is this. Well, you're just all in denial. You all believe you're healed. You all believe you're prosperous. You all believe you don't have a care in the world when it looks like you're sick, broke, and got all kinds of problems. No, it's just two different ways of looking at things. You can either look at things in the natural or you can look at things in the spirit. You can either embrace the factual realm or you can embrace the truth realm. You can, listen, you say, well, that, you're just talking about Christian science. That's the glass half empty or the glass half full. No, I'm not. We're talking about the Word of God over every circumstance and situation. We don't deny what the doctor says. We apply the Word of God to it. We don't deny what our pocketbook says. We apply the Word of God to it. We don't deny what our bodies tell us. We apply the Word of God to it. We don't deny that the situation exists. We apply the truth of God's Word to it. Amen? Now, once this becomes a set pattern and life, you say, what do you mean? It's not something you just do. Here's where we miss it. We keep our faith segregated or separate up on a shelf like a product until we think we need it. Now listen to what I just said. Until we think we need it. So, well, Pastor, I really I got the money I need to pay my bills this month. I'm okay. I'm not sick. Not addicted to anything. Don't have depression. I'm not probably I'm a pretty happy guy. Happy gal. Love the Lord. Love coming to church. Love doing things. So I just I'm gonna keep my faith up here on the shelf. No. Faith has become a product to you instead of a lifestyle that you live. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, just like I said earlier, if all the natural desires of your life are met, then you need a faith challenge. Anybody here like a new house? Raise your hand up if you like a new house. Amen? Anybody like a new car? See, now people right there, they check out. Well, that's the most, you're doing good till you got unspiritual. Start talking about the material realm. No, I'm telling you, you need a faith challenge. Amen. How about a neighbor across the street or next door that needs to get born again? Faith challenge. Amen. What about a, what about a missionary you know or may love or may support? You'd like to increase their support. Come on, church. I mean, there's all kinds of things in life that God can give you a desire in your heart to do. And when you begin to do that, I've got some, des I've got some desires in my heart right now that I, I don't share with anybody because they're too big. And people will think you're crazy. 
But before I live my days out on this earth, I have some desires, and they don't have anything to do with me being healed. They don't have anything to do with prosperity. There are some desires that I have that I am walking out by faith, and a couple of them started years ago. But I have some desire to see them come to fruition. So every day I thank God for it. So every day I fight the doubt and unbelief. And every circumstance that rises up against it, I stand against that circumstance and make a decision. I'm going to see that one day. Well, what if you live your life out and don't see it? I don't even live by that. Because anytime you begin to apply the ifs to your faith, you're in trouble. Amen? The Bible says to me, with long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Amen. My dad, he's 86. And we won our badminton tournament today, didn't we, Pops? We schooled him. <laughs> Amen. With long life, he satisfies you and shows you his salvation. You have to make a decision. I'm going to live in the desires of God for my life. And when I pray, I'm going to believe I receive and when I pray and believe I receive them, I shall have them. Because He is faithful, He is trustworthy, and I can trust that He is not a liar. He is not a man that He should lie. And the Word of God says it, and that settles it, and I rejoice that it's mine in Jesus' name. And you do that hour after hour. You do that day after day. You do that week after week. You do that month after month. You do that year after year till that becomes your life and lifestyle. And you'll look back in a few years and you'll say, My goodness, look what the Lord has done. Because it is His desire to bless you abundantly. Amen? You learned something tonight? Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I believe Your Word. Your Word is You speaking to me. Your Word is You, God, speaking to me. I receive Your Word as God Almighty, Creator of all that ever was, and ever will be. I receive it as God speaking to me. Your word meets my needs. Your word causes faith to come. Your word does not return void, but it is accomplishing that whereto I send it in Jesus' name. I am strong in faith, unwavering, trusting in a loving, compassionate God. I believe I receive. I shall have it. I believe I receive. I shall have it. I believe I receive. I shall have it. Now rejoice and thank Him. Come on, rejoice and thank Him. Rejoice and thank Him. Rejoice and thank Him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody rejoice and thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We rejoice and thank you, Lord. We rejoice and thank you, Lord. Well, that's how it happens. Stand on your feet tonight. Father, we bless your name. Now we thank you by faith. We believe we receive. We shall have protection, safety, blessing, healing, and increase. Thank you, Father. According to your word, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. You've given us power and authority to walk on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. So fathers, we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. We declare our protection and safety. 
the righteous labor of our hands, whether it be in education, medicine, the oil patch, wherever we go, construction, we thank you, Father. We're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or Satan himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. As we leave tonight, Father, we thank you for our door of utterance. Let us ever be sensitive to those that are around us, their needs, especially if they're not born again. Let us be an answer to their prayer. Let us be a problem to the adversary. Let us be a miracle in someone's life. As we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you, Lord. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.